Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Glam Mirror. Hi, I'm Dr. Tavisa Mir, and you are joining me for Glam Mirror. I am a cosmetic dermatologist here to uplift, inspire, educate, and talk about all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam Mirror. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Glam Mirror, and I'm here with Dominique, <laughs> Dominique Jackson. We just got into this whole thing. She is a cast member of Strut TV, um, and you're far more than that, and I'd like for us to talk more about you and your story and what I found so fascinating about you the last time around. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's, um, it's fabulous to be here and to see you again. Again. I, I think you're so fabulous. We became friends after the last time. <laughs> yeah. We were like friends from afar. Like, I'm always like liking all her stuff. And um, So tell everybody who you, like a little bit about yourself. Like if you could just start off with like a 30 second elevator pitch on who you are, because then we can get into the good stuff. Well, um, I am a transgender woman from Trinidad and Tobago, the smaller island of Tobago. I moved to New York City to further my life, and I did so. I got involved in a lot of community work. I model professionally. Yeah. And, um, of course, I'm on strut. Yes. But, go ahead. Well, I was saying, you know, I remember your modeling photos, you know, and then obviously we met when you were doing strut. And that television show, I thought the, the series was fabulous. I hope it comes back again. Yeah, we all keeping our fingers crossed. Yeah, I know? think that, you know, for those of you who never watch it or are, are not sure what it was, it was a show about more than just transgendered models, people who happen to be transgendered models yeah. who are trying to, you see what they go through on a personal and professional level. Yeah, we're just we're trying to normalize it because there are many transgender identified individuals across America who live in this closeted, fearful uh, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they close themselves off and that can lead to a lot of depression, a lot of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is is presented presents a lot in our community, especially communities of color. Do you think um that it's becoming more normalized? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I know? hope so, because I think so too. Um, the um, amazing thing is, after Strut, um, the final episode, and during while it was airing, I felt you know nervous, because now I told the world exactly who I am. I told them my identification, and I started to feel the jitters uh, a bit, but the reception um, that I received was absolutely amazing. I'm on the train because mm -hmm. a girl don't change. I'm I'm of the Bronx, <laughs> right. not from the Bronx, but of the Bronx. Yeah, and um, I'm on the train, and people recognize me, and they were, are very respectful. Very, mm -hmm. actually, some have told me uh, that it's educated them. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people only see the dark side of things, mm -hmm. and in the transgender community, because of survival sex work, people think it's you know, and because some people in our community 
own what they do and what society has forced them to do. You know, people think that that's how we all are. Mm -hmm. But just like every sect of of woman, every sect of people, there are differences amongst us. Now, one of the things you said the last time I interviewed you was um, a lot of transgendered youth become homeless because they're not accepted by their family or their community, so they leave home. That's Um, true. What about um, what we can do and how we can help about how, help with that? Well, uh, right now I work, um, actually I started on Monday, mm-hmm. um, but I've been working with them for over two years. Mm-hmm. But I signed on officially on Monday with uh, Destination Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It is a not-for-profit organization um, in the Bronx. It was started in 2009 by a trans man by the name of Sean Coleman. And uh, throughout the years and many struggles, he was able to prove that the community needs to be healed from within, you know? And so we're now working, we're providing services for youth. What we're really doing is just giving people the keys to life. Yeah, giving them a support system. Yeah. Did you find that you, you know, we talked a lot, one of your co- uh, your castmates um, was on with, um, with us the past time, Isis. Yes. I, uh, there's two things I want to say about her right now. Number one, I think that she kind of was, in my remembering of it, was one of the first people that was out vocal about being a trans when she did Yes, this. when she did America's yeah. Next Top I might model. be wrong, but that's what I kind of remember. Yes, that is correct. And her getting a lot of bullying for that. Yes, that is true. And um, I believe that she is <laughs> incredibly strong because she was able to survive it. A lot of transgender women don't survive cyberbullying. Um, it causes great harm. It, quality of life is diminished. You know, um, even online, you see people say some really horrible things. Well, really, you know, one of the things I do when I interview, especially people who are on television doing reality TV, having been an alumni myself of the, even just anything I do, it's like, uh, it's, I have had a lot of people who, you know, I'll see the the positive, then I'll see the negative. And what I, how I dealt with it was I didn't look at any of it as being real. The, The positive is great, but it's not real. And the negative is nasty, but it's also not real. But I would rather um, attach myself to the positive people rather than feed the negative. But that being said, I've never experienced it to the level that 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 she may have, Isis may have, or even may you may have on Twitter. So how did you handle it? Well, um, first off, I had to... I have a past of being, I fought really hard because um, my family didn't understand and still at times do not understand. And so I fought really hard to become myself and to love and accept myself Mm -hmm. and to understand that other people's views of me also come from their experiences in life, their upbringing. So when people say something positive or something reaffirming, Mm -hmm. you know, those people are more along the lines that, okay, we've dealt with our lives and we're allowing you to be you. Other people find take personal offense because they're probably thinking, you know what, if she can do that, then everyone else will do it and then it's going to affect me. They always bring it back to me. So with negative comments, I actually feel quite sorry for people that do that because you're taking time out of your day when you could be working on yourself to try to hurt someone else. I honestly, do you know anybody in your normal day-to-day life that takes time out to tweet nasty things to other people? I don't associate with... I'm just saying, I have only known maybe one person, and that person was 
batshit crazy in real life. So most people I know that right. I, I don't do that. I, it's not because they're better or worse. They have better things to worry about. Like you can't be successful if you're focusing on everybody else. That is so true. Yeah. You know, and I, I tell people at times, it's not that I don't care, but what you're wearing and how you choose to identify and what you do in the privacy of your own home, what two cons- or more mm-hmm. consenting adults do, that's their business. Right. You know, I, fo- I focus on me and I, I really, it does get to me at times. You know, you do feel that bit of depression. Yeah. But you process it. Yeah. And when I process it, it comes out that look at all that I've been blessed with. So <laughs> It's really funny, too. I, you know, I just really wanted to mention this about ISIS, too, because I read something in the Daily Mail recently, which I, I actually chuckled at, but I felt bad for her, <laughs> that she's been getting grief for her name now, because her name ISIS is is, is Egyptian goddess. Yes. Um, or some, I, I might yes, be, it and, is Egyptian goddess. She, she had written in the Daily Mail that um, her and other people with her name now, like taxi cabs won't pick them up, Uber drivers won't pick them up, because of that name, they think that they're, she's Associated with a terror group, I'm just I'm just gonna leave that there because I felt, uh, I felt uh, <laughs> no for her I felt sorry for her and everyone named ISIS right now, but it's not what that name means. No, it, know, it, for it her does for her. not. Yeah, for her it's and what was amazing is we were having a conversation about that one. Oh, you day. were yes, and I'm telling you, the girl is strong. She's amazing, and yeah. she says, "Well, you know what? I know that's how they feel or whatever, but I know that I'm a goddess." Right. You know, so know. she's like, that's what I embrace. I know. <laughs> but it was this whole article on Daily Mail that she and a couple other people right. were talking about who have the name ISIS. And literally, Uber drivers have not picked them up. And whenever it has anything to do with their name on reservations, right. they are not. She's, you know, I, I don't remember if it was her or one of the others talking about getting, you know, extra security at the airport. I'm like, oh my God, it's a yeah, name. Just for the name. If, people if you, are in panic and they fear. They are in panic mode. Right now. And, you know, Let's even touch on something else, right? Yeah. Now with this, uh, with Trump being president, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people in the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. a lot of minorities, a lot of people who are pursuing the American dream feel threatened. Well, I landed in JFK on the very day that the protests broke out, right. and I was flying in from California, from Los Angeles, and I was watching it on CNN, Fox, MSNBC, right. and I landed there, and I couldn't believe my eyes. Like I was, I grabbed my luggage and I walked outside, and it was just like I was scared not not scared for the protesters, but right. scared that this is happening in this day and age but I was also literally brought to tears because there were people there were orthodox Jewish men there there were black white Asian Muslim people wearing head covering wearing not white men white women everybody there holding signs basically saying you know we are all the same and that if anything comes out of this that sense of community and um, being nice to each other. Well, look at it, I look at it like this. I look at it as a slingshot. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. we got to a certain point, and we are going to move forward. We have so many issues on the table right now, mm-hmm. dealing just with the fact of people's ability to be themselves, for the government not to be policing bodies mm-hmm. and your bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel what's going to happen is. What's happening is the slingshot is being pulled back, so we feel like we've been feel thrown. Feel the tension, yeah. Right, we feel that tension. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be released. Now, do you think, this is something I haven't even thought about, do you think that this is the, the new president's fault? Or do you think this was already there, simmering below the surface, and he just brought it out of everybody because he talked about it in such a non-PC, non-traditional way? I think that for some 
it was already there. Yeah. We, we still have those people in America, yeah. okay? Yeah. But I, what I do believe is that he just brought it mm-hmm. even more to the surface. He gave people the right to say, I can discriminate against anyone that I want to. I do agree with you there from his rhetoric. And I have to, another thing that makes me kind of laugh, this is a country that unless you are Native American, <laughs> we are all immigrants. I mean, am I wrong? I'm 100% right. Every single one of us who is not Native American is an immigrant. You may have immigrated 100 years ago or 100 days ago. We're all immigrants. I just recently got my my green card in 2015. Uh It was a 25-year struggle. Wow. And I know people that are going through that right now, and they have lost hope. There are people that have gone back to their countries. Mm -hmm. This economy is dependent Mm -hmm. on immigrants. It's dependent on migration. There are a lot of jobs that some people just won't do. Right. You know, so. And, well, you know, they said, um, is it that the people won't do those jobs or won't do it for the the wages that they're getting now? Here's the thing, okay? Uh Uh-huh. You're a doctor. Yeah. You went to school. Mm -hmm. You worked for that. Yeah. Okay? Of course, yeah. If... We all have circumstances, Mm -hmm. but we have to play Mm -hmm. to where we actually fit in when it comes to job requirements for jobs. So you cannot want to be the manager of a place Mm -hmm. if you don't have the right the credentials. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's what's happening with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They look at janitorial services and maid services as something that is, you know, beneath them. Mm -hmm. But yet they don't have the qualifications to do anything else. As a West Indian, I came here in our in, in on my island. Mm-hmm. We're affluential, land, houses, everything. But my mother came to this country and worked as a maid, mm-hmm. then became a nurse. You know, so it's about. I knew a lot of nurses who started out that way. Right, you have yeah. to you start from somewhere. So mm-hmm. the issue is, they're saying they that people are taking their jobs, but someone can't take something from you. And because people are dealing with immigrants that are coming here trying to find a better way of life, mm-hmm. then they pay them whatever wages they want to or make it as low as, as possible. Well, I can only speak for how I was raised, and I yeah. just know that um, you know when you come over as an immigrant, like my family, parents having come right. over as immigrant, they do whatever it takes to get the American dream. Yes. And I think that a lot of people take that for granted. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, And, you know, having first generation myself, I don't take it for granted because I think, okay, whatever my dad had, I need to go to next. That's how I look at it. Thank you. We have to look at, we have to look at progress. It's all about what you want for yourself. Yeah. But we have to, we all are immigrants. None of us are, (laughs) none of us, there's no American because it's not like French or Spanish or, you know, Mexican or Italian where they're from the land. There's nobody here before except the native Indians. The native Indians. So let's not forget that. (laughs) You know. to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it talking all things beauty from the skin to the soul this is glam mirror with dr taba samir so after strut so you you did the show what was that like and um you know with the other cast members were there any that you kind of that you have long-lasting friendships with oh my gosh um with 
uh, well, ISIS, of course, we knew each other from from before, but it solidified our, fr- our friendship. I got to know Arise a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Ren, I always looked at as a little girl. She yeah. does her, she's kind of gamer yeah. thing. So I think our age difference kind of separates us. Th- but uh, Cassandra yeah. is my girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I don't think you got to meet her. I didn't get to meet she's, her. Yeah, but Cassandra, um, Cece's assistant, yeah. she is like, she's my girl. And well, Lathe, you know, that's my baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, working with them was really amazing because I like to come from a place of observation. Yeah. And I observed my community as, people in my community as I knew them to be. You Mm -hmm. know, the different characters, the different, you know, experiences and how we have come to the place that we're at. Yeah. Well, it's funny also the characters too, like Lath is actually pretty shy in person. Ex- yeah. <laughs> which is funny because um, I mean, if you look at his photos, he doesn't look shy. <laughs> but, um, you know, then you have some of the others like Ren is not, you know. Right. Um, and so it's interesting to see the personalities and the flam- like some people are more, you know, out there and flamboyant and others are more conservative yeah. within it. Um, and what about the community that uh, as a whole and, and first of all I have to say Whoopi Goldberg is the one that created this whole thing your um, your show and the concept of it um, am I right about that well uh, the concept um, was with uh, well we first uh, started our first sizzle in uh, 2014 oh, okay and when Whoopi uh, Goldberg came on board she revamped certain things and and made it into what it is that it would be more appealing and give the truth, yeah. give the reality of who we are, because that woman is real. Yeah. I mean, like just real, real. So yeah. it was really, it was it was really amazing. You know, you were you, on the View too, weren't you? Yes, Didn't I you guys was. Go yeah. on that? How was that? Was that amazing? It was exciting. Yeah, that's real. It, it really was. Um, it was amazing to meet those ladies. I love Sunny. I just uh, the way that she speaks, the way she delivers. I think that's she's. She's just awesome. All of them are awesome. And um, when I was there, Candace Cameron was on yeah, also. Yeah. And I, how I was that? Was knew she, her. Isn't she? Uh, she? She knew her from before. Well, I didn't know her personally, oh, but, but uh, yeah. television. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What's What's life been like since the show season one is wrapped? It's always that weird time period where when you are a television personality and you have a show and season one's finished and you're in that limbo. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, and, and I, I have I have interviewed dozens of people who are in that limbo phase where they're not sure it's coming right. back. What do you do with yourself during that time? Like what have you been doing with yourself? Well, um Slay still does work. So mm-hmm. um I have worked for Macy's mm-hmm. um for their out um the yeah, loud one hundred uh, out loud. I, I, oh, I know what you're right, talking about. Yeah, like loud, um, Macy's loud. You have out one hundred. Yeah, out one hundred. Yes, thank that's you. That's what it was. I did that for Macy's. Um, uh, then there was uh, a few uh, photo shoots with a couple designers. Uh, I was also a part of fa- back in Fashion Week. Um, I've been going. Yeah. Well, um, Detroit. I flew to Detroit for uh, fashion work out there with the fabulous R.C. Kalen. He's this amazing des- designer, wedding gowns, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some work with Adrian Alisea. L- last night I shot with uh, the Charlie magazine, which is uh, more about body paint and art. Um, and... Uh, Speaking gigs, I spoke at Rutgers University School of Medicine. You spoke at a medical school, which I love that you did that. (laughs) You know, it's because I went to medical school and my only experience was being in the surgical room. 
That was oh. it. That was it. I mean, watching surgeries or being ass- assisting on surgeries. I never had any real um, knowledge or interaction See, at all. Isn't that weird? I'm sitting there wow. assisting on the surgeries, scrubbing in on the surgeries. Obviously, I was still in school, so oh. I wasn't the main person doing the surgery. Oh thank God. But um, <laughs> I'm sitting here watching all this stuff, and I don't even understand. I didn't even understand what's going on. Like technically, medically, I understood what? what we were doing, but I did not get the emotional part of it at all. They didn't teach us. Oh, that is a major issue and concern yeah. with transgender people throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and I'm just being honest with you. You know, a like a lot of it, doctors, yeah. don't. They're like, okay, this is the medical aspect of yeah. this. This is this. This is that. Really, it was functionality. Like, yeah. how are we going to reconstruct this? I, I believe I sat on a bunch of um, mostly women, f- female to male. Right. And um, I, I just remembered physical, like the the technical, the surgical. But that was it. <laughs> I didn't. I you know we weren't. You know. I think that um, doctors uh, they do, and I've heard others complain. You know that doctors seem to be far removed from the sensitivity. Of what's we are taught. <laughs> we are far removed. Yeah, we absolutely are. We we're not taught that part of it. And so when you said when I saw that you were speaking at a medical yeah. school, I thought that's great. Because yeah, it was at Rutgers. But yeah. I've been doing that for a while. I've worked with Pace. I've worked with uh, Marymount. Mm-hmm. And um, but the School of Medicine was the most interesting, and that's yeah. at Rutgers because it. Um, I realized that. I actually am basically a guinea pig at times, <laughs> you know, and explaining the transition. And I have this chart that I do mm-hmm. where I show that the gender tra- transition ends with the individual. The yeah. journey is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, a lo- and you know, I had a doctors ask me, well, if you're going to put on a dress, don't you just want to complete the whole process? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. For some it does, for others it does not. Right. You know, doctors are very skeptical about it. They uh, they misgender their clients, mm-hmm. um, use the wrong pronouns. It's quite uh, it's quite difficult. So what you have is that a lot of transgender people are not in care, or they go to care and mask. And I don't know how it happens, but. Mm-hmm they do not tell their doctors that they're trans and they go for everything else and get their uh, hormone replacement treatment else um, on the streets. Well, I thought it was fascinating because I some I would be at that point where I would not know the person, not have seen them, not have treated them, but I'm doing a surgical rotation and they're sitting on my opera- operating table and that's a lot of times when I'd meet them for the first time because, oh. I, because I wasn't the, the primary oh, surgeon. Okay. I was during my training, right. so I wasn't there for the, all of the psychiatric and yeah, the therapy uh, and the support. I came in at this, and I remember, that I, I'll never forget, like I remember being in on these and thinking to myself, I don't know anything about this person. I don't understand. I just know we're doing this. Well, do you think it's maybe so much as to protect you from fe- no. get, getting it personal? No, I don't think so. I think it was just a lack in, in education. Oh, There's okay. a lot of other stuff we have to deal with and, and take care of and we have to be part of. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in a, I was uh, during medical school, I was in a psychiatric unit, like inpatient, obviously not admitted. <laughs> I, <laughs> felt like, I felt like I should be. No, but um, you know, like those were part of our patients. Our right. rotations would be as the doctor. For, so I've seen a lot of stuff. I just thought that there was this gap. Like I really felt like there could have been some place where we could have a little, maybe it's changed. It's been a bit minute since I was in school, but it would be nice to have a little bit more of that 
as um, part of our education because I think it's it's a lot more prevalent and they do need their doctors. I'd rather yeah. they come to a doctor than somebody you know off somebody that isn't a doctor that they're getting yeah like going from. to uh, other countries. And well, there's a lot of time. weird black market hormone stuff that they're giving to people that I don't know what where the where it's coming from where they're getting it, but I'm sure you've heard of it. Well, um. I've heard of it, mm-hmm. but I will not touch that stuff because um, I, I'm lucky enough to mm-hmm. be able to have the strength to go into a doctor, sit in a cl- in, in in a waiting room, and and talk to my doctor about who I am. But um, for some girls, it's and, and guys, mm-hmm. you know, they're still living a how should I put it a closeted life. Yeah. So they transition and still stay in the closet. So they go online, they get their hormones. Now, not much harm comes to them from uh, doing uh, street hormones or black market hormones. Mm-hmm. We haven't had any, I I personally don't know of many cases and I know many people who are on it because of insurance issues and all that stuff. It's just so much easier for them to do that. But what the uh, medical society now has to do and the insurance companies, the business companies, they have to get together and realize that this is not some, oh, I'm going to go out and, you know, yeah. do my nails or get it's, fake it's, nails. It is a big deal. It's a what were some of the questions that you got from the students, the medical students? Um, well, there was that one about um, if you put on, if you're going to be a woman, then you should be a woman all the way. Meaning uh, have top, the surgery. Yeah, to all surgeries. Move. Yeah, okay. You know. Um, and it's a valid question. It's a question a lot of people wonder about. And, and I think it's good we're talking about it. Yeah, well, it's also, it's a personal issue with a person's body. Yeah. You know, some uh, women and men are comfortable with the way that their bodies are. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, like myself, from three, four years old, I was like, there's something not right. This is not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. You know? So, again, you have the, the variations in uh, in when and, mm-hmm. and how people approach the transition. Um I had uh, doctors ask me how could the medical community be advocates for the trans community. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I've I've had conversations with that when I was in school. Yeah. And um, there was one plastic surgeon that was the one that was known for doing that when um, and and it was some people had very negative feelings towards him. Some people said um, a very hurtful things about that he was wasting his his education and um you know i was i can't tell you i i remember hearing this but you have to understand i was i was still trying to get through school right. and i didn't um know what to think right um it it can be hard because again you're coming with your own upbringing and i don't know too many cultures yeah. except for like um in india and um in South America, where trans people are looked at, and well, in Egyptian, early Egyptian culture, where trans people were looked at as direct descendants and blessings from God. Right. You know, you have something different now. We're taught, society has taught us something different. So there's a lot of stigma, yeah. and, and people are afraid of that. So you have, you know, questions like, well, do you want to go back? They, uh, there was <laughs> something funny that we spoke about that Ren said uh-huh. to, the, to your exact point was, um, "Are you only this part time?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they said that somebody had asked her this: of, "Are you only a girl part time?" Yeah, and she just had the funniest comment, like, "No, I, I take it <laughs> off at night and I become a boy." So it was just funny because um, I, I it's a funny question. They ask, "How do we date?" Yeah. Um, 
that always comes up, whether uh, medical or not. Yeah. And then it comes to quest. They always question. So, how do you identify? Are you gay or straight? Mm-hmm. You- well, this is interesting because one of your castmates, biologically born mm-hmm. as a male, became transitioned to a female, and she is attracted to women. Yeah. So it's well, not uh, gay is not the same thing as the identification. Right. Yeah. So one th- and one thing deals with. Uh, identity mm-hmm. and the other deals with sexual preference. Yes. You know, and those things do not go hand in hand. Well, people assume if you were a male and then you became a female, you would want to date. You'd want to date men. Males. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. You know, Dr. Tyson, for me, yeah. I always found it weird. Yeah. I thought to myself, that's crazy. Yeah. You're going to transition uh-huh. and then date in the, the, sex that you were assigned and yeah. still see, but it's not like that no the gender identification the brain mm-hmm. feels and knows and i can speak from personal experience also what you are mm-hmm. it's up to you to decide and how you really feel and how far you want to go I agree with you. And I think that the part of this dialogue is not necessarily, um, you know, I don't have to know everything. And I think that's okay. That's why I'm sitting here and talking to you about it so that I can understand because I don't know everything. If doctors did that a lot more. Yeah, I know. Could you imagine? It, yeah, we, we would get along. If people did that a yeah, lot people more. People in people. general. Um, do you watch the show Shameless by any chance? Do you watch no, it? I don't get have to watch been, a lot you, of television. I have very few shows that I really like. Okay, I need to watch this. In this right. particular season, there was a, um, a game man on the show, a gay character who's the main character on the show, Uh um, who was dating. Isis was on Shameless, I think. She She was? Yeah, she did an episode. Oh, I had to see. I bet bet I've seen it, but I didn't know her at the time. I love that show. Anyway, he's gay, Uh and he started dating another gay man who he found out later was actually a trans. Right. And then he had dinner with him and his friends, and everybody had these pronouns, and I felt like it was intimidating because it was like, oh, and tell us who you are. And I, I wish I could get everything right, but it was like, my name is Sarah, biologically male, um, transition, identify as she. So she was talking about her pronouns, and she went into all of these like pronoun this da 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 da. I remember thinking, oh my god, that would be so like no wonder people are scared to talk about it because it seems so confusing. Well, it's what would you tell them? It's it's not confusing. It's simply ask a question yeah. and don't come with a preconceived notion of what identity is. Yeah, you know we imagine things. Yeah, and I tell people this all the time. The whole issue with gay and trans is about sex and imagination. Yeah. When you see someone and you hear that they get they're gay, you're thinking, "Oh, they must be doing this." And you imagine yeah. what they're doing and then you get mad at them and attack them yeah. and have prejudices against them and and laws. Well, that's the same thing. I mean, with everything right now, the religion. Right. That. So, but yeah, don't What about your work that you're doing now for the community? Um if there are kids in an area who want help, what can they do? Well, um, they can contact us at www.destinationtomorrow.org. And we are in the South Bronx at 890 Garrison mm-hmm. Avenue. Um, we allow walk-ins, whatever. There are groups that are provided support groups for youth, for transgender-identified individuals, and for elders, the LGBT. We, uh, at, the, at Destination Tomorrow, mm-hmm. we are trying to... Give the community Mm -hmm. what they really need. We're trying to empower them. Mm -hmm. We're trying to tell them, look, we don't want you to be a statistic, 
right? Yeah. We don't want you to fall into some data. We want you to know that just because of your identification, whether you're 15 or you're 80, mm -hmm. that you can still have a life, that you can still go out there and get a job, and that you have people that are going to truly support you. A lot of times when um, transgender people go to organizations, they are marginalized again. They yeah. are pushed out. They're not understood. You know, some gay men do not appreciate, understand, or are unwilling to, and lesbians, are not unwilling to accept the trans identification. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so there's strife even within the LGBT yeah, there's community. There's a lot of strife. Yeah. People feel threatened by the fact that you want to, you know, change your genitals. That's mm -hmm. what it comes down to. I'm yeah. changing my genitals. Oh Can my I God. just say that's the most real thing? Because that's really what it comes down yeah, to. And, but I'll say it like this. Yeah. Right? I wear wigs. Right? We go out, we dye our hair, we straighten it, we curl it. Mm -hmm. If God wanted you to have that hair, he would have gave it to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so why can't that apply to us? Yeah. You know, this whole gender, and I think that a lot of women don't realize how they're putting their own selves down because the narrative truly is how could you lower yourself to be a woman? Can I just say one thing about that? It's so interesting because I have my these two friends of mine, uh -huh. gay male husbands, very good friends of mine, and right. one day he said that the same thing to me. We were talking about TV right. and reality TV and just TV in general and how <laughs> there's so many more gay men right. on television than lesbian women. And um, he said it's because America, this country, the world isn't ready to do to see a, like a woman. It's all about the woman. Like a lesbian woman is not accepted, but a gay man is. A trans woman may not be accepted, but a, a man is. Yeah. Um, because it's a step up. Mm -hmm. Men have put themselves on such a, 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 a pedestal because mm -hmm. of this childbirth envy, I believe. Mm -hmm. that you think has it's childbirth envy? I think it's been childbirth envy from the beginning of time. Mm. To make women feel like they're less than, to cut off their, behead them because they can't get, you think they can't get pregnant, but it's the man. Throughout history, men did not believe that there was anything wrong with them. When a woman couldn't produce ch children. Nothing about history with that. It still happens. <laughs> you know? So I wish it were history, but no, no, I know what you mean. And yeah. I thought that was alarming because I'd never actually thought about it. I thought, oh, if you're a lesbian um, woman or if you're a gay man or gay woman, gay man, however you want to phrase right. it, that it was the same kind of battle. But he said, no, he's a gay men are, are um, I don't want to know, they're just accepted. Yeah, it, there's a power, the type of gay man, there's a power behind it. But anytime a man mm -hmm. displays femininity. Yes, that's what he said too. Yeah, it takes it. The, takes it's a it masculinity that's right. You know, if you're more feminine. So that's very interesting. That's something that I never, uh, that he said to me too. And it's interesting to hear you say that. Yeah. Do you find that your battle is more, um, or, or your acceptance, or what you have to go through is a little bit more challenging than your counterpart who has transitioned to be a man? Well, we can just look at Instagram and tell, oh. right? Because <laughs> um, Leif puts up a picture of his finger, and he's going to get 200,000 likes. Let's just see right now what's up. <laughs> what's he got up right now? Yeah, I know, but Leif is like a, is a genetic, right. yeah. And other trans men will get that same kind of effect, but because they're saying, okay, yeah, the guys are saying, yeah, you want to be like me. But for girls, it's like, how dare you be born, have a penis, mm -hmm. and say you don't want it? It's like, what the hell is wrong with you? 
And um, for women... You aren't wrong about his social media right now. I told you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. Um, So, but for a woman, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Trans women are looked at as we took a step back, um, a a step down. We are... There's a lot of violence. I think we have about 30 or 33 murders, especially of of trans women of color, uh, for last year, so it's it's um, it's very difficult, um, but we are so especially in the communities of color, we're so resilient. Yeah, you know, and to have a trans man running an agency in the Bronx, yeah. like a black trans man yeah. who has been through the the streets, <laughs> it's not gonna, it's been through the sh- been through the streets, you know, went to college, educated himself, turned his life around, mm-hmm. and to open an agency for his own people, I just had to go work for them. Yeah. I know it's gonna no, make no, my no, schedule crazy, yeah, and it good. is. We made this but. happen. So what's next for you? Like I know that you're waiting now to see if the season yeah. comes back. I hope it does. I thought it was great. It should come back. Um, you know, and I think that like a lot of times I tell people, especially are waiting, and this is not the case for you. Don't put your life on hold waiting right. for the phone to ring because it could, you know, you, you could you could be back on or you could not. You don't know, but you don't wait. Just do. It's, I am so grateful mm-hmm. for the opportunity that they gave us. Mm-hmm. I am grateful to Oxygen. I'm grateful to Whoopi, Tom, CC, Forty Four Blue Productions. Mm-hmm. I am the type of person that I didn't want to be. A reality TV star you know yeah. I needed something that would help me get out there to give me that boost to get the work I needed before I turned to dust yeah so you're never gonna turn to dust. No. it's all in the mind but yeah no I know what you mean it gives you yeah. that platform and that's smart so I am I also um, I'm signed with MMG in New York City here Great. yeah and um, so far my, it's a talent agency yes okay. and so far my agent Ben Oduro mm-hmm has been extremely wonderful which is great so, so it's helped you yeah so, it has so a what, lot what is so so what, you know until we all know whether or not you're going to be back on another season there's so many other things that you're doing yeah I'm where really, how do people keep up with you well at Tyra A. Ross on Twitter it's just Dominique Jackson strut and mm-hmm. you will find me everywhere yeah you're not you hard know? you're definitely you know and incidentally I have a somebody that I um, have worked with Marquise Foster and you guys I, have been in, yeah you've been in a show together he dressed me for a shoot he's awesome one of the nicest guys yeah um, made me feel so comfortable his clothes fit great and um, I saw that you walked in a show for him yeah so. That was awesome. It's such a small world. It sure is. Um, I just, you know, want to say that, you know, just watching you you do your thing um, and just being such a uh, just such a light to everybody. It's just been fabulous getting to know you, and oh, I hope to see you, hope to see more well. success coming down the way. Oh, and congratulations again! I see everything you're doing, and everyone's like, "How do you do it?" I'm like, "I just do it." It's <laughs> called multitasking. I just and do we it. Do, yeah, I just do it. Like I, there are times where I'm around people who are just like, you know, I. I I'm, I'm just cut from a different cloth. My mom right. always used to say that to me. You're just made differently. I, uh, I No shade to anybody else, but I can't spend any part of my day worrying about anybody else and what they're doing because it, it, I have no unbothered by yeah. If you're succeeding, good, good luck. Great for you. But your success or lack of has no effect on me unless we're going for the same job <laughs> and then it's like a battle to the end <laughs> but thank you for being on here it's just such a pleasure oh and the pleasure is always mine give everybody like a recap of what you're going through and what you're up to now before we see you back on tv <laughs> okay well thank you love
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.